Hi guys, this is Carrie with Fullerton Professional Organizing. And today, um, I ran across uh, Jessica Turner from The Mom Creative. And we're talking, and she has books, Stretched Too Thin, and I will leave links uh, to her information but uh, she's been a blogging since 2006, so she's been doing this a while. Uh, she called herself a dinosaur in the online world. She says she's worked, she worked full-time and had her first child in 2008, and now she has three kids. They are 12, 9, and 5. Uh, now, this article was written in 2020, so now her kids are a little bit older, but she says, I work in healthcare doing content strategy and social media. I say I work outside the home, although because of the pandemic, she was working uh, at home, but uh, that's just a little bit about her, and like I said, I'll leave some information on her. She says, she talks about mental load. And mental load is all those list of things that women keep track of, like appointments for your kids, all that stuff that fills our head that we have to remember. Um, mental load is the largely invisible act of noticing and remembering, and that is something that really falls on women primarily in American households. So it's knowing we need to get groceries, we're running low on Cheerios, uh, flu shots, take care of that and this, uh, shopping for a birthday party, all those things that run through our head, that is called mental load. Now, I'm just going to add this in from my research and my studies on, um, on this type of thing is... Um, the term brain dumping. Um, brain dumping really does help. Take a piece of paper every morning. Take a piece of paper or whenever it works for you and write down all the things throughout the day that pop into your head. And if there are dates that go along with those, write those down too. So we get them out of our head and our, we don't have that mental load because we can brain dump it. But um, here's what um, Jessica Turner has to say about mental load. She says, and, and so... We can dive into this if you want and kind of figuring out how can we delegate some of that. How can we automate some of that so that mental load isn't quite so heavy is a huge one for us. Okay, and first of all, the the brain dumping is my idea. So let's see what some of the things she has to say. How do we kind kind of manage our homes and not feel like we're so overwhelmed in all the different areas of home. And she also talks a little bit about how women neglect their self-care, um, but she says trying to automate as much as you can. So she says she uses Amazon Prime, Growth Collaborative, Target, where all of my essentials are getting delivered right to my home 
but on a regular cadence. Now that is something that I haven't thought of. I do take advantage of uh, Sam's Club's pickup. I order everything I need and then I go pick it up. Now you can have it delivered to your home. Now if I'm having a, um, a social gathering in my home, I might order some desserts and have those shipped uh, if I'm working a lot and just don't have time to mess with it, I will have those things or, uh, sent to my home. But I find it interesting that these places, you can actually set a cadence like uh, about when you think you need to order toilet paper and set it up to come every so often so that right when you're about to run out of toilet paper, one is delivered to your door. I think that is kind of interesting and I never thought of that. But so I don't ever run out of things and I don't ever have to think about them. So that does eliminate some of your mental load for sure. Another one is just to ask for help, whether that's from your spouse or from uh, if you're married or from your kids. You do not have to be the sole cleaner upper carrier of the burden of all the things that is needed to be done to run your house. Exactly. I think also if you have a central calendar and your kids are old enough to write their own events on the calendar. Um, and here's a hard one. And take this with a grain of salt. This is my idea. This is not Jessica Turner's idea. But if your kids are old enough and they forget to put an event on the calendar. Now, of course, if it's something very important that you, you know, that'll be devastating if you forget it, then, like I said, take this with a grain of salt. But train your kids to put their events on that calendar. And if they don't, remember if it's not important enough for them to remember to put it on the calendar then maybe it's not an important enough to attend so um if and it, and when they aren't going to an event that they forgot to put on a calendar and they find it important the next time they will start remembering to put what they really really want to do on the calendar so um, start training your kids to be accountable for, you know, the events that they want on your calendar. So that is an option as well. But again, you got to take that with a grain of salt. So ask for help, whether that is figuring out chore charts for the little kids or it's delegating responsibilities or it's saying to your spouse, man, I'm feeling really overwhelmed in this area. Can you help me? Um, I think another idea is um, that I didn't do with my kids, but I think it's a really great idea because I gave my kids specific chores for them to do. But another option so your kids don't get burnt out doing the same chores over and over and over is maybe put those chores on popsicle sticks and maybe have different little containers of chores that... Here are your five-minute chores. Here are your 30-minute chores. Here are your, you know, one-hour chores. And pick one from each section. And then the kids are doing different. That would be an hour and 35 minutes of chores every day. 
they just take one popsicle from each container and they have an hour and 35 minute chores or a Saturday or whenever, you know, because if they have lots and lots of homework and after school activities, I know an hour and 35 minutes may be too much to do chores every day, but whatever sequence that you're comfortable with them doing, maybe they can do a, a five minute chore every day and do the hour and a half on the weekends, but the, they pick out their popsicle sticks and they're doing a different chore each time. So um, in my case, my son's job was to wipe down the toilet, but maybe, you know, he picks a different popsicle stick and the daughter winds up doing that once or twice. So those are uh, just some ideas I'm throwing out there. But um, going back to Laura's ideas, and so maybe look at the things that someone else can do that you don't have to be the one that puts away the laundry. You don't have to be the one who prepares dinner every night. You know, maybe start there. Um, also, you know, if you have a network of friends and family, maybe swapping out things in your home, um, you know, like photography for organizing or something, uh, or, you know, I think we all want to help each other. So we have to ask so that other people can be able to be on the giving end of that. You know, I have a next door neighbor and when she needs something hemmed, I hem it. And when I need something, uh, she has been known to have her husband mow my lawn, but we're helping each other. And just remember, I'm sewing a hem, he's mowing my lawn, but my lawn is like a post-it stamp. It takes three passes of the lawnmower and it's done. <laughs> We've had lawn people hired to do our lawn and all they've done was take out their weed eater. So just keep in mind, our, our my uh, neighbor sounds like he's getting the, you know, wrong end of the stick, but uh, my lawn is so small, it takes three passes with the lawnmower and it's mowed. So, um, but another thing about self-care she mentions is we wait 45 to 60 minutes a day. And what are we doing when we're waiting those few minutes here and there? We're picking up our phones and scrolling through our phones. Um, maybe bring a book with you or pod, listen to a podcast. There are all kinds of things to do that are more fun than just spending time on your phone. Um, so she also says, clearly define your boundaries. It's really important for us to be boundaried in all areas of our lives. So when it comes to work, that you're not letting family bleed into work and you're not letting work <clears throat> bleed into family, which can be hard when you're working at home. So that's clearly, um, another area you have to really pay attention to these days. But 
kind of put guardrails up on your time. There's going to really, this is really going to help you feel free to completely lean into your work and then to completely lean into your family. And she gives an example of where her boss was texting her every night. And um, she was really, really confused because she had taken that job because of her kids and she wanted her family time to be family time and work time to be work time. So she went and talked. And this is another thing. You have to, you know, not be afraid to talk to the people you work with and see exactly what their expectations are before you decide to put your foot down on those boundaries. And she just asked her boss, are these things that you want me to take care of every night? And she says, oh no, I just had lots and lots of meetings and I was catching up and these are things I needed to remember to do. So I sent the text for you to take care of um, the next day during your working hours. So that communication was very important to ha have clarity with work as well. You've got to communicate. You can't be afraid to ask your boss, what are your expectations here? It, you're not pushing back on those expectations until you have to. You're, you want clarity first before you realize whether or not you need to push back or to reset those boundaries or talk about those boundaries. It, you know, it may just be unintentional, is all I'm saying. And that is an example that she dealt with. And so we are able to clearly define those boundaries and never have had any issues. She says, if uh, I didn't respond to an email that was sent at seven o'clock until 8.30 the next morning, um, she was clear that she was able to do that because she talked to her uh, boss about it. So communication is definitely key. Um, now, she also says, get really, if you get really bogged down in the idea of perfection and that motherhood needs to look one way and the thing that I continue to come back to is that for ever re for whatever reason my kids are my kids they were given to me and that I'm their mother and so the way that I mother them is going to be unique to them but I believe that it is what they need because they are given to me um and so I think particularly in motherhood not looking to the left or to the right of what everyone else is doing and really focusing on what your kids need and what you need being honest with your kids, I think if we can be vulnerable enough to our kids to say that you're having a hard day and to say, I'm sorry, that they are going to learn more from that vulnerability and that honesty than I think from any great, any, you know, day at the park or fun thing that you did. Um, I think it is really important if you've had a bad day and you were a little bit grumpy with your kids, it is good to apologize when you have done something wrong as a parent. Um, now, don't always be whiny and, and I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I'm just saying be honest when you are needing to apologize to your kids. Apologize so they learn that they should be able to do that 
as well. Um, it teaches them, say you're sorry when you're wrong and mean it. Um, I think these are great things to teach your kids. Uh, I know when I was growing up, my parents always said, I'm your parents, I'm right, even if I'm wrong. And when I raised my kids, when I made a mistake, I tried to apologize. Now, I have to admit, I learned that from my husband. He was always the one to apologize first. And I, I learned some of that because sometimes, and this is just a side note, sometimes with your spouse, even if you still believe your spouse is wrong, you can still apologize for the attitude you took during the confrontation or the conflict. Um, you don't always have to apologize. Apologizing doesn't always mean you're admitting you did wrong. Um, so keep those things in mind. That's just my little side note here. But um, she says, uh, Laura says that, and so I think just give yourself grace and give yourself permission to be authentic with your kids. You don't need to be fake. You don't need to try to put on an act for them. Now, of course, if you're always depressed, that is a whole different story. But if you have uh, don't have any mental health issues and you're just having a bad day, you know, I think being authentic and don't you don't need to try to put on an act for them. It's okay for your kids to see us having hard days and it's okay for our kids to see us going out with friends and celebrating and and making time for ourselves and making time for our passions. Our kids are seeing the way we are using our time. And I have to make a side note. They also you know, if we're making our Bible study time a priority, if we're making God a priority, they pick up on that as well. Um, we can't neglect ourselves for the sake of our kids. And we're talking about health. Don't neglect your health. Um, don't neglect yourself for the sake of your kids because we're actually, I think, doing them more harm than good. Um, if you try to have a balanced life, you're teaching your children how to have a balanced life. Now, going into the conversation of comparing yourself to others, um, especially on social media, there's some people that, um, you know, you look at their stuff and you automatically feel less than. If you struggle with that, Maybe you need to hide them on social media. Now, that's what Laura does. She unfollows them, but you don't necessarily have to do that. You can hide them or you can just scroll past them if you really struggle with that. She says, let's be honest. We know that none of their lives are actually perfect. And so I think be heavy handed with unfollowing or just hiding them for a, a period of time. But be sure to pour into your relationships with people in your actual real life instead of just the people that you're following online. Um, she says you matter and your passions matter and your health matters. And so make it a priority. 
Um, she says, you can check out my website, themomcreative.com, or follow me on Instagram. All right, so let me go ahead and do a little review in case I missed anything or you missed anything um, from what Jessica Turner, Stretching Too Thin to Thriving. Zeroing in on why we feel stretched too thin all the time. Some different areas that we feel stretched too thin in and how we can really go from feeling like we're barely hanging on to really thriving. Focus on har harnessing the fringe hours, those pockets of time that often go underused or wasted. Uh, she also suggests uh, what another speaker uh, suggested is to, for two weeks, write down every single thing that you do uh, in a day for two whole weeks. Now, that's kind of excessive, and I don't know if I have the brain cells to uh, uh, the energy brain cells in my energy to do that but it will be very helpful if you at least do a, a little side note of the what you spend all your time on because I think um, you'll find that you have a little more time than you think because how much time do you spend scrolling on on Facebook or on social media, how, how often do you waste time when you could be doing something a little more productive? We all have those times. I think what I have learned, uh, Jessica, am I? I'm, oh, not Laura. Her name is Jessica Turner. Sorry, guys. If, if I ever said Laura, um, I meant Jessica Turner. Uh, Jessica Turner says, I think what I have learned in almost 40 years of being alive is that I want to help other people and other people want to help me. If someone asks you for help, do you ever say, I do not want to help you? No, you say, absolutely. Thank you so much for asking. I'd be honored to help you with whatever it is. And so I think we all want to help. So we have to ask so that other people can be able to be on the giving end of that. And I have to admit, I struggle with that a lot. Um, I do. It's hard to ask for help. But she also talked about not just asking for help, but if you need to hire a housekeeper, see if you can squeeze it into your budget. If it's really, really something. She says she's horrible at housekeeping keeping so she hired a housekeeper now she didn't feel like she could afford it but they looked at the budget and just cut some things that they thought they could cut so that they could put that in there so she says look at the things that someone else can do so you don't have to be the one that puts away the laundry or the one who prepares dinner every night have you spent your five to nine? How you spend your five to nine determines how you'll spend your nine to five. And I have to admit, I don't fully understand what she meant by that statement. Um, but start your day well by focusing on yourself first. It is the oxygen mask philosophy that you've got to put on your own oxygen mask before you can take care of everyone and everything else. Uh, set boundaries in all areas of your life. So when it comes to work, 
you're not letting people, oh, you're not letting family bleed into work. And then when it comes to family time, you're not letting work bleed into it, at least as much as you can. It just depends on what type of job you have and what kind of boss you have. Be authentic with your kids. It's okay for them to see you having a bad day or going out with your friends. Now, for me, I always sacrificed pay for jobs that I could spend more time with my family. I felt like my family was more important than my job. So I tried to pick jobs where my uh, nine to five was nine to five. Now I'm not saying every once in a while, you know, I didn't go in on a weekend, but I, I tried to work jobs that um, allowed me to keep my family time, my family time. And my husband has that too. Occasionally he has to go out of town um, for work and that's fine, but it's not something that he does on a daily or weekly or monthly basis. So I just prefer my family was more important to me than money. Uh, Automate as much as you can by using services like Amazon Prime, Growth Collaborative, or um, Target, where all of your essentials are delivered right to your house. And I think it's Grove Collaborative. I don't think it's Growth Collaborative. Uh, it's um, so may, but anyway, the sentiment is the same. Pick places that will deliver your stuff on a regular schedule so you don't have to remember when to order to toilet paper and those essentials. Ask for help, whether that's from your spouse, if you're married, or from your kids. You do not have to be the sole cleaner upper, carrier of the burden of all the things that is needed to be done to run your house. If you feel like your week is too overwhelming, track your time for a week. It is eye-opening to see what you spend your time doing each week. And last, unfollow people on social media who are making you feel jealous or less than or uncomfortable in any way. You get to control what you're seeing on your news feed. Um, I have uh, talked to some people that stay off of Pinterest because Pinterest makes them feel inadequate. So um, I tend to not let that type of stuff bother me, but um, but every once in a while, but I just uh, don't dwell on it enough to where I have to unfollow. But um, do what helps you keep from comparing yourself to others and have grace on yourself. All right, guys, thank you for listening. I will put Jessica Turner's information in the description, and I will see you on the next podcast. Thank you for watching.